Hi everyone, this is Tyler Martin, the host of the Friction Factor Fitness Podcast, the podcast that is dedicated to teaching busy people how to develop lifelong fitness habits and fit sustainable diet and exercise into their life. In today's episode, I'm going to discuss the question of whether most people should exercise in a commercial gym facility or exercise at home. This is a fairly controversial topic, but I think it's an important one for the average person looking to develop a regular exercise habit. Now, I was inspired to create this podcast after a friendly debate with a good friend on this very subject, and afterwards I just decided that this would be a really good issue to unpack in podcast format so that other people can consider the same issue. I think it's an especially timely topic given that as I'm sitting here recording this podcast, it's the day before Christmas Eve, and over the next few weeks, millions of people will be setting some type of health-related goal, whether it be a New Year's resolution or recalibrating a current set of fitness goals. And a lot of times that entails signing up for an annual gym membership. So hopefully what I have to say will give you some new perspective that can help you establish an effective exercise protocol for 2023 and beyond. So let's jump right in. Okay, so first, let's just restate what the question is formally. And the question is, where's the most productive place for the average person to exercise to develop a sustainable exercise habit? Exercise in a gym or exercise at home? As I said before, I had this debate with a really good friend who is also a fitness enthusiast, let's say, and he at least personally, is an advocate of exercising at a commercial gym facility of some kind. And my position is the exact opposite. I think that in the long run, learning to exercise at home is the most sustainable exercise solution for most average people. To understand my position, let me start by just setting some context. So first, my recommendation is based on what I think is a very reasonable and likely assumption, which is that most people struggle to exercise regularly because they lead really busy lives. And it's difficult to systematically allocate time and energy to exercise when you're juggling lots of other priorities and responsibilities. It's no coincidence that when you look at most of the surveys that are conducted on exercise program adherence, lack of time and energy are consistently top reasons that people provide for skipping or stopping some type of workout regimen. So with this context in mind, I base all of my exercise recommendations around the concept which I call friction. And I define that as the inefficient use of time and energy within an exercise process or a fitness process of some kind. Um, the idea being that if lack of time and energy are the main factors that prevent regular exercise, you can increase the likelihood of exercise adoption by learning to exercise in ways that use time and energy more efficiently. In other words, by eliminating friction. So my key principle for a busy person is to eliminate as much friction as possible from their exercise process, which will increase the likelihood that they'll be able to exercise regularly. Okay, and there are many ways of eliminating friction, 
but I think it's fairly obvious that proximity to the exercise location is a major factor because the closer you are to the place where you work out, the quicker your exercise process will be. So if you don't have to pack up or commute somewhere in order to exercise, the time expenditure that exercising requires is going to be drastically reduced. Another reason that I advocate at-home workouts is because workouts themselves almost always take longer in a commercial gym setting because you're sharing equipment with other gym goers. This means waiting for your turn on different pieces of equipment, which really can draw out the process. Plus, if you're doing any type of circuit training or interval training, which I'm a huge advocate of, it will require being able to quickly switch from one exercise to another without a break, which will be virtually impossible in a commercial gym, unless you're in some kind of special boot camp or workout group, which have their own friction-related challenges, but that's a topic for another day. So the reality is that a workout that you can do in 20 minutes at home will take much longer if you were to do that same workout in a commercial gym for all the reasons I just went through. And we know that lack of time is a primary reason that the vast majority of people don't exercise regularly. So the best solution in general is to eliminate the source of the friction, the main source of friction, which is the commercial gym setting itself and its proximity to your home. I want to stress here that my advocacy of working out at home is delimited to individuals who are looking to make exercise a lifelong habit, to improve their basic health, fitness, and just overall quality of life. Are there some people out there who are wired in such a way that they can get to the gym consistently for years and years and even decades and decades? Yes, of course those people do exist, but by the law of averages, the chances are that you are not one of these people. They're very few and far between, and again, the overwhelming majority of people are dropping their gym membership within two to three months of signing up. For someone that's a competitive bodybuilder or a performance athlete, a gym might be a better solution in certain circumstances, but my solution is not for a fitness specialist with a high stake in expending lots of time and energy into exercise. It's really for the busy person who's trying to get the most bang for their buck from an efficiency perspective. I think my approach is oddly very similar to the way the financial coach, Dave Ramsey, who you've probably heard of, approaches planning for retirement, so investing and saving for average people. Are there other ways to invest besides the method which he advocates, which I, th I think is primarily mutual funds and things like that? Of course, but the likelihood that average people are going to expend the time and energy necessary to really utilize these more complex approaches is relatively low. The method that he promotes is very simple if you follow his basic process. I have the same opinion of at-home exercise. I think that you're more likely to stick to an at-home approach long-term than anything else because it creates less friction in a busy life compared to all of the other options. Could something else work for you in theory? Of course. 
but there's a reason that millions of people sign up for gym memberships every January. So just, you know, about a week from now as, as I'm recording this, and most of them have stopped, most of those millions of people who sign up have stopped going to the gym consistently by March. And you see this year over year, and it's been going on for decades and decades. I think the reason for this is the friction created by both that proximity to the commercial facility and the friction that you encounter in the commercial facility itself. Now, I want to get into some of the pushback against my position because there are some reasonable and I think probably common rebuttals that are worth addressing. The first one, um, this is one that my friend who was debating this with me raised when we started the discussion was, why the singular focus on shortening workouts? His question was, why not try to make exercise more enjoyable? The idea being, if it's more fun, then you may be more willing to do it regularly. And his point was that for many people, the gym atmosphere is more conducive to fun, motivation, camaraderie, etc. And my answer to this is that I think in the long run, the positives of the gym atmosphere really fail to overcome the amount of friction that they create, that the amount of friction that most people encounter when they're trying to integrate exercise into their normal daily routine. No matter how great your workout partner is or your spin instructor is or the equipment that your gym has available, the reality is that when life gets hectic, you will, more likely than not, you will drop all of these good things if you have to, that your gym is offering if you have too many other priorities pulling you in different directions. And this happens more than you think. Things like being relocated for a job or having a baby or a new pet or you know, starting a big project at work. These things happen all the time, and when they do, regular trips to the gym tend to be one of the first things that get deprioritized for most people. I think that for most busy people that are interested in exercise, ultimately, they just want to get the exercise done so that they can get the, the health or fitness benefits and then move on to the other things that they care about. So I think about exercise fundamentally as a task like brushing your teeth or taking a shower. We do these things for their utility, not necessarily for the enjoyment we get out of the activity itself. Now, I have nothing against recreational exercise. Maybe you like to you know, play a sport or uh, you know, engage in some type of game that has a physical component to it. But I think if you choose to do these things it's really best to think of them as icing on the cake if you have the bandwidth for it. But when you don't, you want to have a low friction, reliable, at-home option that you can fall back on because when things get tough, you don't want to stop doing physical activity altogether because you're too busy. So really having that fallback, that at-home kind of baseline for your everyday fitness will ensure that you keep up your exercise habit for years and decades to come. The other thing that my friend raised, the other objection, was that 
when he tried to work out at home, he did this during COVID, he just couldn't get motivated in the same way that he could when he visited his gym. And I think this is pretty common. He said, you know, I tried and I just couldn't get in the right headspace when I was trying to work out in my living room. And I think a lot of people who've tried some type of at-home workout have experienced this. But there are a few things that you can do to alleviate this barrier. First, I think that if you're not used to it, and especially if you've got a history of working out in a more traditional gym setting, working out at home can take some time to get accustomed to. And this is mostly a psychological thing. You need to form an automatic mental association between a particular place in your home with the activity of exercising. In other words, you need to turn this into a habitual thing, which according to some of the more recent research, can take as many as 60 days of repetition to start to build up. So I think in the beginning, just initiating the activity of exercising in your home and doing it frequently and consistently is more important than the length or the intensity of the workout itself, at least from a, from a habit-building perspective. So from that perspective, it would be better in the beginning just to do five minutes of of a workout a day in your home versus doing longer, more intense workouts that would be more difficult to get motivated for. Over time, getting into the headspace to exercise at home will start to feel a little bit easier. It'll start to feel a little bit more automatic. And eventually, it'll feel as normal as brushing your teeth or taking a shower. Now, this doesn't mean that exercise becomes as easy as brushing your teeth or something like that. Exercise is always going to require a significant energy expenditure and you know be physically taxing, but what does get easier is this is the psychological component of of exercising in a particular way in a particular place in this case in your home and it's possible to to build this this level of comfort if you put in the consistent repetitions of engaging in the activity, even if it's just for a minute or two each time in the beginning, this is how you turn the behavior into a habit. And once you've got that tackled, then you can really, if you struggle with this, you can really focus on the initiation of the behavior of just starting the activity and doing it frequently. Once you get that tackled and you start to feel comfortable, then you can really start to focus on, okay, you know, I'm going to lengthen the, the time of my workout, the duration of my workout, and I'm going to ramp up the intensity. I think another reason that people initially struggle to adapt to at-home exercise is that it often requires using different equipment or doing different exercises that they're not accustomed to, especially, again, if they have a history of exercising in a commercial gym. When you set up a home gym space, you will probably have very minimal equipment. Maybe you have a small set of free weights or even just some resistance bands. And in some cases, you may just have a, a small mat for doing body weight exercises. If your history with exercise is more traditional, you've probably become accustomed to using machines or other types of equipment that you won't have access to in your home. But this by no means means that you can't have an effective workout. 
So just like some people need to get into the psychological groove of exercising in the home environment through repetition, some people need to go through the motions of doing different exercises with different methods and equipment. Many times, um, you know, they, they need to put in the same frequency and the same consistency before they start to get that level of comfort of exercising in a new way. And so that's, that's another thing that I think initially it's really more about just the number of reps and the time spent until you start to kind of habituate doing things um, in, in a way that you're, you're not used to. But they do become more familiar, and once you reach that, reach that place, then you can really start to ramp up the intensity and so forth. So at this point, you may be wondering, are there ever times when it could make sense for an average busy person to utilize a commercial gym facility or something like that? And yes, I think there are times when using a gym can make sense. I think the most common one is when somebody is really inexperienced and uncomfortable learning how to exercise properly on their own if they're not familiar. So in this case, it could make sense to temporarily sign up for a gym membership and to work with a trainer to get comfortable with specific exercises, equipment, and techniques but with that said, I think that the friction that comes with using a gym still applies here. So I think it's important to let whoever you're working with, probably a trainer, know up front what your intentions are that, hey, I'm trying to get comfortable with exercise. Let them know that your intention is, is to transition to doing exercise at home because that will be important as they build a program for you um, and make recommendations on equipment and so forth. But make sure you're upfront about that. Um, because I do think that ultimately you, you want to start, once you get comfortable, you want to start to make that transition to at-home exercise as quickly as you can. So if you fall into this category of, you know, I, I need to work with a professional for some period of time before I can begin working out at home, you want your goal in working with that trainer to be to reach a state of comfort with exercise from which you can then transition to at home and then begin the process of exercising independently. Because ultimately, the best long-term solution, again, is still going to be to minimize friction in your process. And I think most for most people, you're going to be much more likely to sustain exercising over time if you can find a way to get this done at home. Okay, so let's wrap up the discussion for today. And what is the key takeaway for the busy person looking for the best way to establish a long-term exercise habit? I think it's that finding a way to get comfortable with exercising at home is going to greatly increase your chances of making regular exercise a habit and becoming a part of your regular everyday routine. But this can require some upfront work to establish a good workout space in your home and to get mentally comfortable with doing at-home exercise. But if you can find a way to do this, it will put you in a much better position to sustain an exercise practice for a lifetime. And in future episodes, I'll dive into some best practices for setting up a home gym space and selecting exercises and equipment. But as a spoiler, I'll go ahead and tell you, yes, this approach can even work if you have a very small living space, like a micro apartment or something like that. So 
as we move through the holidays and into the new year, I recommend that everyone who was planning to set some kind of a fitness goal to really think hard about how much friction um, they can realistically tolerate over time and consider if an at-home solution might be more practical in the context of your busy life. I think if you think it through, you'll find that the answer is probably yes. Thanks again for listening to the Friction Factor Fitness Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or found it valuable, please subscribe, please like, and please share with others who you think may also find it helpful. Also, please check out my website, frictionfactorfitness.com, where you can access more content, access my free fitness calculator tools, and download a free teaser of the first three chapters of my new book, The Friction Factor, The Busy Person's Guide to Sustainable Diet and Exercise, which is launching in March of 2023 and is now available for pre-order. Thanks again for listening, and stay tuned for more episodes.